Welcome to this episode of the award-winning Best of the Left podcast. This is a sample of our recent bonus episode, usually only available to members. These episodes are comprised of our crew of researchers, Amanda and myself, all getting together for a roundtable discussion on topics that we find interesting. So here's a few minutes for free so you can know what all the fuss is about. Amanda had a realization recently that she has an interesting insight on what it's like to be trans. Mm, I don't think she would appreciate sure me framing it that it. way. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> but all will make sense when she uh, reveals her insight. Oh, man. After okay. she's done rolling her eyes. Yeah, I have no idea and could never possibly. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, just, let's just put that out there. Um, but I did have a realization that helped me maybe more deeply understand the importance of trans women being included as women and trans men being included as men. That's where the clarity came in. I had already agreed with that, already supported that, but I had this additional uh, level of understanding. So I maybe mentioned on the show before, I have something called the Desmoid tumor and it's a rare disease and it's a type of soft tissue tumor. And even though patients with desmoids undergo chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, all sorts of other crazy treatments, um, they lose their hair on chemotherapy, they're exhausted a lot of the time, they've had um, major surgeries that have left them debilitated for life, et cetera, et cetera. It is not technically a cancer. And it lives in this kind of gray space a lot of times in the scientific world because it doesn't metastasize, doesn't travel through the bloodstream to other parts of the body. And so that's why medical scientists do not define it as a cancer because of that different characteristic. In other cases, like it can definitely kill you if it's in certain locations, it can be very aggressive. And in a lot of ways, it is very much like cancer but it's technically not. So there is a big division within the desmoid tumor patient community about whether or not we're able to call it cancer. And that mostly comes up when we're talking about talking to friends and family, employers, coworkers about what it is that we have. Um, because when you say it's not cancer, people go, oh, phew, like, cool. <laughs> and sometimes people go, at least it's not cancer, which is a difficult thing to swallow when you're still dealing with all of these other things that are very much like what a cancer patient goes through. So this is a, a long conversation that's been going on for many years. And consistently, the stories that I see that are exemplary of the problem with this uncategorization, if you will, is when people talk about going to work and trying to work while going through treatment and um, being in pain all the time. And in a lot of cases, you know, maybe someone else that they work with has been diagnosed with breast cancer or something really recognizable. And the coworkers and employers tend to rally around that person and help them out and maybe like get gifts for them or do nice things for them. And uh, maybe pick up some slack if they know that person is tired or, you know, can't can't meet their full performance level as we are obsessed with in this capitalist society. And the Desmoid tumor patient gets none of that. 
like at all. And this isn't just anecdotal because I've just seen tons of these stories through the years and they're all almost identical. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's where that conversation is. We just, we don't, we don't have a definitive way to say, it. is it cancer? Is it not? And so after Jay did his episode about JK Rowling, we've been having tons of conversations, obviously regarding that and all of the nuances around the trans rights conversation. And I started to realize that there is a parallel here with the conversation about desmoid tumors being called cancer or not. And what I realized is that trans women are not just asking to be included in the social gender of women because that's their preference. Like it is, but that's not the only reason why that's important. (laughs) It's also because it's important for others to see them this way. And you know, we're trying to break out of it, but we live in a society that mostly believes there's a gender binary. So it's kind of really, really important for trans men and trans women to be seen by others in our society as falling into one of these two genders. And it's important for their safety. It's important for acceptance. It's important for housing, just doing normal shit in society, going to the grocery store, making friends with your neighbors, coworkers, etc. And that just made me see the conversation with in my desmoid tumor patient community kind of differently because I've actually always been on the side of desmoid tumors are different. Just call them something different. That's okay. They just aren't actually cancer. So why try to call them cancer? We're going through something else. And I never really truly deeply understood the people who were very angry, like deeply angry and upset that they don't feel like they can call it cancer even though they're going through so much of the same things that cancer patients go through. And after kind of connecting these two things, I realized that I don't think I feel that way anymore (laughs) because I deeply understand how important it is for others to see you in the way society has structured things. And that's upsetting and that's like disappointing in a lot of ways for trying to change the system and trying not to make it so rigid. But based on the world we live in, it's really, really important for the other people in your life to see you the way you need to be seen and in a way that other people can understand, maybe more importantly. So, you know, if that means patients get so much more support from others in their lives by including desmoids as cancer in the cancer category that our society has deemed is actually serious and important, isn't that important? Isn't that something we kind of need? And categories mean something to people, whether we like it or not. And the gender binary in the time we're living in now means something to people in a way that we want to change, but it's going to take a long time. So Maybe we should just maybe we should just recognize that this is how this is how we need to have things operate. Telling someone they can't be part of the system and the categories that we've come up with and that they need to be an other is not helpful for anyone. It's not helpful for them, and it's not helpful for the people they interact with on a daily basis. So that that's just a little a little insight I had that helped me kind of clarify a number of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you relayed that whole thing to me just a day or two ago, it, it, you know, it sort of clarified things for me as well. I mean, we've all been on the same page, like trans women are women, let's move on. But 
looking at it from this reverse angle does bring more clarity and and what it sort of put a sharp focus on is what does it mean when JK Rowling or anyone like her in that category tries to make the argument like look it's okay i support trans people you just need to be a third thing right you just have to be something other than what the vast majority of hu- humans are like 90 whatever percent of all people feel more or less comfortable in one of these two gender categories and you should just be an outsider for your entire life it's okay (laughs) i'll support you as an outsider who doesn't fit in with humanity like i think it's clear that they probably don't understand how that feels to have something like that said to them because they don't phrase it that way and they don't think of it that way because they're so comfortable (laughs) You know, they, it's not affecting them personally. It's not, you know, going to, uh, like, it's it's probably not a thought that they've ever been forced to have. Like, what would that actually feel like on a day-to-day level, knowing that you are being fundamentally excluded from what the rest of humanity deems normal? And that's just not okay. And they're focusing on the differences and not the commonalities. And I I find that interesting because there's there's actually a lot more (laughs) commonalities than there are differences. And it's similar in this, in the case of the Desmond tumor too. Next up, I want to talk about how money breaks people's brains just briefly. I didn't brief anyone on this, but trust me, you won't you won't have needed to be briefed. I heard something I'm going to play in a minute, but it, what it reminded me of was from a few summers ago when every other story was about a Karen. Mm. All the Karens were at large and they were yelling at people for doing the wrong thing in public parks. And what was very often said in those stories was that the taxes that those women paid became a very important part of their justification Mm -hmm. for how they felt, how justified they felt in yelling at someone about what they were doing. It it very often came back to like, my taxes pay for X, your job, this park, etc. And on one hand, I get that because that's the society we live in, the culture, like money is foundational to practically anything and everything, but it's also absurd, right? Like we're, we're having <laughs> yeah. an interpersonal dispute, right? Like we're two humans on a planet and we're trying to like live next to each other <laughs> and we're having a conflict. And so this like imaginary concept of money is not actually the most important part of this discussion, right? And that that always just sort of bothered me. It always bothers me when people bring up, you know, because my taxes X, therefore I get to Y, right? It's just like, it's a construction that rubs me the wrong way. But Marjorie Taylor Greene really took this to the next level. Mm. And listeners may, may recognize it. I hate to play it twice, just so close together. But this was in the trans rights debate JK Rowling episode, but I wanted to pull it out because she brings up money at quite possibly the least opportune moment of all time. 
She's uh, scaremongering about, you know, trans or otherwise queer people uh, theoretically sexually molesting her personal child while her child is uh, is at like a summer camp. If I was a parent and my fifth grade daughter had had to sleep and shower in some kind of cabin at some summer camp that I paid money to send my child to, and there was a man calling himself a woman sleeping in her cabin, showering with her, that guy would, he'd be in jail. He would be in jail. Well, first off, my husband would have beat him into the ground, and then he'd be in jail. And I thought... If you hadn't paid money to send your child to that camp, <laughs> then it's cool. How much of a difference would that have made? It's like, look, I mean, like I paid money to send my kid to this camp. I understand if the camp is free, you take your risks. But <laughs> once you've paid, your kids should be safe from mol- molestation. Oh, God. <laughs> God. A little inside baseball, like, uh, you know, when we work on the show, like that, that was, that was an episode I worked on with Jay and I listened to that clip probably 20 times. Never heard that. Never heard it. In, like made that connection at all. Like, well, it's like, one of those things that people I say all the time. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just such a really normal ish mm-hmm. phrase, yep. but, but why would that make a difference? No, it, it, well, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely doesn't make a difference. It, it's not notable to the extent that like it didn't stick out to you because everyone talks about everything that way. They're always yeah. concerned about what they spent money on and how that changes the moral dynamics at play. Right. But my argument is I have always felt like people's brains are a little bit broken because they want to talk about money so much. Mm -hmm. And this is like not the exception to the rule, but like the quintessential example of Mm -hmm. the brokenness of that mentality and and Mm -hmm. structure of argument where you you like get lost in your own comments talking about (laughs) your children being abused and you throw in money at the same time because, you know, it's like she couldn't help it. Right. Yeah. Just like she couldn't yeah. help but think that that's part of her argument because it always is. You can't give her too much credit because I doubt that she knew that would be like a trigger word. But for some reason, that does like hone in on the outrage. Like, you're right. You did pay for that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't want to pay for that either. <laughs> that's it for today's free that sample. Say, There's yeah, lots more of that particular episode, as well as there being dozens of past bonus episodes that you get access to in your feed the minute you sign up as a new member. Pain members are who make this entire show possible, and so these bonus episodes are a fun way to say thanks to them for their support. In addition to those full bonus episodes, members also get bonus clips in every single regular episode, as well as there being no ads in the regular show. If you would like to be our newest member, you can sign up at bestoftheleft.com slash support. You can use our Patreon page, or you can do it from right inside the Apple Podcast app, and links to get there are right in our show notes. And if you can't afford membership, I offer free financial hardship memberships. Just drop me an email to j at bestoftheleft.com, and we will get you set up, no questions asked. Or, again, to sign up and support the show and our ability to give away free financial hardship memberships, visit us at bestofleft.com support. Thanks for listening.